the ground now I'm way too gone, way too gone Cause these people got me fucked up Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong Now my mind's stronger than me Don't you wait too long, way too long Alright, legends Welcome back to another episode of Get Around Me It's me, Billy Darcy What an absolute treat Feel the hype, spread the hype As always, if you're feeling hype And you're not spreading it Have a look at yourself, okay? Because you are the problem and, uh, you know, what a, what a time it is to be alive. Uh, Hugh, October long weekend. Unofficial start of the summer, you know. There's a lot of nerds out there that'll tell you the, uh, the October long weekend, it's not, it's not actually the start of summer. You know, a lot of nerds, scientists, etc., etc., people looking at test tubes for possibly the wrong reasons. We don't know what they're up to in these labs. But they'll tell you a lot of a lot of meteorologists, weathermen, this sort of thing, all under the bigger umbrella of nerd. Uh, they'll be telling you that that summer officially starts in December, and I'm here to tell you that summer has already started. It starts October long weekend, whatever day, whatever date that turns out to be. Summer has begun. Okay, it's the first official Sunday session of the year. Huge, huge. You know, your Sunday sessions before October. They fall into more the, the the cheeky category, okay? That's more, you know, you, your Sunday session in September, August, July, forget about it. That's a Sunday session in July. It's not cheeky. You're an alcoholic at that point, okay? It's minus four degrees. How about you grow up? But, um, you know, August, September, your Sunday sessions, April, May, a good May Sunday. I'll see you down there. That's a cheeky Sunday Sunday session. You know, the, the vibe in the pub is, can you believe we're fucking doing this? Do you know what I mean? But once that October long weekend hits, baby, oh, what a time to be alive, okay? And I actually, controversial, I actually am leaning towards the Sunday sessions over the Saturday nights out these days. I feel like Saturday night, a little bit too much wiggle room to ruin your fucking life, if you know what I mean, okay? Because I don't know, you know, it's a, it's a longer game. Yeah, yeah, a lot more money can be spent on a Saturday night, you know. You've really got to go out of your way to spend a lot on a Sunday. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not playing sport at the moment, so you be having your first tin around 2 p.m. I run into you at midnight at the pub. Pff, that's not me. I mean, he's got my hair. He's wearing my favorite party shirt. But that bloke is basically a fucking shadow of Billy Darcy running around with a smile and bad intentions, you know. But you see me down on a Sunday sesh after a... Six pack, you know, a few acoustic tunes in the background. Maybe a young Brazilian man strumming away. Dude, I'm a fucking delight, brother. Okay, a fucking delight. And and yeah, the Saturday nights can just get too out of hand. You're getting home at four a.m. sometimes. What's that about? You know, I'm out there to find love. No one's finding love at three a.m. Okay, well, you'll be finding something, but it, 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 I don't think it'll be love, to be honest. Uh, but but the Sunday, you know. Meet a nice girl. It's a school night, so it's got that let's not lose our minds type vibe, I think, you know? Whereas the thing with the Sunday sessions, you've got to get, it's a nice relaxed affair. Treat yourself, you know, some of your brighter clothing, um, three-quarter jeans, thongs. If, you, if you've got dreadlocks, you could probably pull off thongs. Uh, but also, if you've got dreadlocks and you're not from the West Indies, I mean, fix that, Okay. But uh, but the, the Sunday session, you've got to get in and you've got to get out by about 9, 9.30, okay? After 10 o'clock, I mean, it's getting a bit weird. It's getting a bit weird. After midnight, I mean, you, it's, you're fucked up. If you're out on, on the Sunday session, it's after midnight, you're fucked up. That's, that's not a Sunday sesh. 
That is just a miscellaneous session at that point, and you're in trouble, okay? Your alarm's going off. Tick tock. Get the fuck out of there, okay? You need to get home. Mate of mine recently finished up a Sunday session at 4 a.m. Nothing good came of that. He was ejected from a local RSL. Do you know how fucking weird you have to get to get ejected from an RSL? Not good, mate. Not good. So enjoy your Sunday sessions. Get in, get out. 9, 9.30, you know. Sugar-free Powerade on the way home. Treat yourself. And uh, and that's the way to do it. So I'm leaning towards the Sunday sessions these days. Go forth. Be wild and free, team. Be wild and free. Um, but... So, uh, why did I go off on that? What am I talking about? October long weekend. October long weekend. Fuck yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm rattled, team. Oh, cricket bat's down already. This fucking cricket bat's... I hope the 17 people who catch this on YouTube appreciate the upgrade to the decor. I now have that cricket bat there. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I'm a bit rattled because I actually recorded um, like three minutes of this pod and then realized I didn't plug the microphone in. Whoops. Whoops. My battle with technology continues. Um, so, October long weekend. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know what episode this is again. We're in, we're in the wilderness once back, back to the episode numbers. I have no idea what episode number this is. It's in the 50s. That I know for sure. Uh, and that's why I like it, to be honest. Uh, but anyway, October long weekend. What a time to be alive. How good's being just young, wild, and free? Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And then I love it some more. But uh, firstly, Friday night, I'm at dinner and uh, phone rings. Pretty important call as well, I might add. It's my my former career club's fourth grade captain in saying, Billy Darcy, we need a hero. I said, look no further. Look no further. He goes, mate, we need a fill-in for day one. You can bat six. I go, how good's that? Um, I said, mate, sign me up. I'll see you tomorrow. Fucking pumped. My return to cricket. I can't believe it. Uh, and it's the perfect it's the perfect return because I've skipped fifth grade. So fifth grade, you can absolutely have my regards. And I've also not trained or done any preseason. And wait, wait, wait. Does it get better? I've also paid absolutely no registration. Everyone, please have my sincere regards. I fucking love this world we live in. Um, so yeah, got the call up Friday night. Began almost immediately mentally preparing for the next day. Um, bit of shadow batting. I excused myself from the dinner table and just sort of meditated out the back 20, 25 minutes. Mum knew, mom, she knows the routine. She knows the routine. So she she knew not to uh, interrupt me. Um, dad, dad was... My, my dad can be a bit weird about cricket because he fucking loves it. But when I'm when I tell him I want to just casually play, he's like, "What's the point if you're not going to be training your hardest? You know, you're just going to be you're you're, gonna, you're not going to be an asset to the team if you're not putting in that work during the week, putting in the hard yards at training, putting in the blood, sweat, and tears, Bill. What's the fucking point, mate? What's the fucking point, Bill? I'm like, Jesus Christ, I just want to fill in for one game, make a few friends, say hi to some old ones, you know." Tell a stranger I fucking hate him. That's what it's about, okay? We don't always have to be training the house down. Also, I hate training. So, that's Friday night. Got the call up. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. What a time. And uh, every time I've been on been on the piss with a few of the cricket lads, they're always saying to me, you got to make a comeback. you got to make a comeback. And I'm always like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. But then, I wake up the next morning sober and I can't tell if I actually want to play cricket or if... I just was drunk and really enjoyed like the validation. Do you know what I mean? 
like like all the lads being like, we miss you. You're like, that's right. I am integral to this club. <laughs> so that's why I never, I didn't officially uh, make the comeback myself because I couldn't tell who I was or what I wanted. Um, so what did I do Friday night? Oh, that's right. Friday night, I opened for Lewis Spears, his Sydney show. So this is after this is after dinner. I got the call up, drove to this Lewis Spears gig, had a lot of fun. Um, God, Lewis Spears is an absolute fucking legend. I will say that. I don't know, maybe like he's a lot sweeter in person than you'd think. He's just a sweet guy. I don't know. I don't know what any of that. He seems like more of like kind of a grungy dude. I think on YouTube, but he's pretty cool. Really nice guy. Neil Kalhatka opened as well. So I'm not really sure why I was there in hindsight. But still good to be a part of it, and I uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's good. I open for a few of these guys now. I think guys, someone like Lewis who has heaps of fans. I think his crowd, they're like, they're like ready to become a fa- like you know you you can make them a fan of you if you do a good job. Like they're they're people who like enjoy podcasts and stand up and and get around the comedy, the arts. Um, whereas sometimes you know. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll kill some, like, RSL gigs or whatever, but everyone in the crowd's, like, 57. And that's great. Love them, love the gigs, love the opportunity, but I don't really think a 58-year-old woman is getting around my podcast, to be honest. Although my mum doesn't fucking love it, so I don't know. But I think, yeah. So it's good to be opening for uh, for guys who have, like, you know, online followings or whatever, because I think their crowds, they, uh, they're a bit more into it, you know? They're a bit more in, into podcasts, etc., so, yeah, open for Lewis Spears. Did I have another story about that? Got heckled a bit. Got heckled a bit. Whatever. Fucking destroyed some cunt. Get out of my way. But anyway, yeah, the, the real story is uh, my return to cricket the next day. I'd like to continue on this journey. Um, so, rock up to the ground, right? I'm batting six. Now, I used to open the batting. But batting six is where you want to be because it's, it's the coward spot. You walk out at like four for 300. Fucking hell, lads. Is it quite flat out here or what? Oi, oi. <laughs> Give me middle. Actually, I don't care because this is a coward's position. So I'm thinking, fuck, how good's this? I'm absolutely praying we bat first. I don't want to field all day. Also, I throw like three balls in the wall. It feels like my shoulder's about to tear out of its socket. I was always a terrible thrower. Um, and then oh, just, just the banter around the lads. Bit of rain around. I really, I just didn't even care. Like they were like, oh, it was raining a bit. People were like, are we going to play? I really, it was a social visit for me. I just wanted to hang out with the lads and have a good time. Uh, and, and that, and that I did, that I did, you know, playing a bit of a, playing a bit of cricket in the, sh- in the sheds, a bit of indoor cricket while the rain comes down. We ended up batting first. I thought, how good's this? And then, um, the captain goes, Hey Billy, you'll actually be batting eight. And this is like just in the team huddle. I go, and this is one of those moments where unfortunately I let, I let, what I was thinking come out half banterously, half not banterously. I go, he goes, Billy, uh, you're actually batting eight. I hope that's okay. And I go, what the fuck? Okay. And then, and then I accidentally let out that I was actually furious. Okay. I'm a batsman. I can't be batting eight. Do you know what? Do you know what that's called? That's called fielding. Okay. A batsman who bats eight and doesn't bowl. That's called fielding. All right. And I said, and again, like, I, I didn't check my emotions in time. Captain goes, you're batting eight. I go, mate, what the fuck? I go, if you told me that ahead of time, guess who wouldn't have fucking come to this shit? This guy right here. 
And then I was like, ah, nah, just kidding. All good. All good. Don't worry about it. But in my head, I thought, that's not all good. That's not all good at all. Thought I was batting six, which is already a horrific demotion. But just there to fill in, and it really was a social visit. But I thought, man, batting batting eight and not bowling, that's like, that's grim. I mean, that's what the great cricketer talks about. That's just, you know what they call me? A, a participant. <laughs> a bare minimum participant, you know? And uh, luckily, um, we batted so poorly, I ended up going in pretty early. <laughs> I went in at like 7 for 70 or whatever. A couple of blokes the other team uh, got a win that I was a comedian. And they threw some very weak-willed sledging my way. Tell us a joke, this sort of stuff. You're going to have to do better than that. One of Lewis Spears' fans last night told me he fucked my cousin. So I think you're going to have to do a little bit better than tell me a joke, funny guy. You know? So sorry if I didn't buckle at the knees as soon as I heard that shit, you weak-willed fucks. But, did I play well? I didn't. Okay, I didn't play well. I got 14 for some of the worst runs you've seen. Um, I was bowled uh, by an Indian bloke with a top knot. Did he look good wearing the top knot? He didn't. Did he look better after he bowled me? Fuck yeah, dude. Was it embarrassing? It was. It really was embarrassing. Guy's ponytail was bobbing all over the place as he celebrated. Oh. Yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah, very embarrassing. Nothing more humbling than going back to sport after a layoff. Because you're like, kind of like, hey, I used to be alright at this. It's so weird. You can't tell your body to... I don't know. Didn't play well. Did not play well. And, uh... Yeah, when I was batting as well, they were into me because I didn't have, like, the right uniform on. I had the uniform from, like, four years ago or whatever. And they're like, oh, mate, you got the retro gear on. I go, ugh. That was my, I just went, ugh, you know? It's so weird. I reckon if I was 18 and I had the wrong shirt on, I'd be like, oh God, if anyone addresses this, I'm just going to hit over my own stumps and walk off. It's not worth, it's not worth the fucking pressure. <laughs> you know? This pommy guy, this pommy guy was sledging me. I can't believe I've ever let a pommy guy say anything to me ever. Ever. <laughs> Literally. So, got sledged by a couple of pommy blokes. And, um, yeah, it didn't really bother me at all. Also, because I was batting so badly, you don't really have a leg to stand on, you know, when you're, when you're playing so poorly. But we went all right. We got to field in the last bit. I stood at first slip out of seniority. Couldn't see the ball. It would have hit me in the chest if it came, but, you know, I got to talk a bit of shit with the lads and we'll probably absolutely destroy these blokes next week. So what a time to be alive. Fuck yeah. Sport. Woo. Um, Saturday night. Oh, that was the other thing. There was a, uh, there was like a piss up at the cricket club after the game, which is like a, like a club event or whatever. So slotted straight into that. Unreal. Free beers. What a time. I mean, they were a dollar or something. So that was good. That was good. Return to the game. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. So I'm at this cricket function. My mate Maka, Pelican of the week. It's like 17 in a row for this bloke or something. So my mate Maka, who's since moved into the house. Great bloke, great bloke, etc., etc. So he calls me from this, uh, he's at this 21st. And he he's that 25-year-old at these 21st. He's that guy, okay? You know when you're at a 21st and you're like, what's that 25-year-old bloke doing here? He's that guy, okay? Now, so he calls me, he goes, oh, man, I've been booted from this 21st. Something went wrong. I go, oh. And also he's... He, he's he's the guy I was talking about when I was talking about Saturday nights getting out of hand, right? So I've come from cricket 
had my first beer around 6.30 or whatever, 6 o'clock. He's been drinking since 2 o'clock because he didn't play any amateur sport. That's why you've got to enroll yourself in some sort of weekend activity to avoid it, this sort of behavior. So he calls me up. He goes, oh, mate, I uh, tried, tried to get with this bird of the 21st. Turns out it was the birthday girl's mum. I've been ejected from the party. I go, fucking hell, mate. Jesus Christ. How have you pulled that off? He goes, oh, mate, it's not my fault. She looks fantastic for her age. I go, yeah, I bet she does, brother. I bet she does. So he's tried to get with a middle-aged mother, been ejected from the premises of a party. He probably, if we're being honest, if we're being candid, that's all I can be. He shouldn't have been in. Okay, he should not have been in that party. So he was given an official invite, but it's because he worked at this bar for like... Anyway, so he, he picks me up in an Uber and uh, we, go, we go to this bar and uh, I can't remember anything of note happened. No strikeout city stories this week, but uh, uh, no, I can't think of anything. Yeah, it's got to be funny as well, you know. No, yeah, I can't think of a strikeout city. Probably Macca with that mum. He could probably take out the double for that shit, you know. Um, Saturday night, I will say, just over the weekend, I've got to get off Instagram when I'm on the piss. It's just, I was pretty good. I had a pretty good couple of months where I wasn't, I wasn't being too weird on there. But if you ever see me record a video after like 11 p.m. on a Saturday, just message me to take it down. Gee, like the last four Instagram stories I've done where it's a video and I'm pissed, I'm just like. What the fuck was that, Billy? Sort it out. Sort out your life, you know? I've never been as eloquent or as witty as I think. So, woke up to that the next morning. Or maybe that was Monday morning. I don't know. Firing off a few messages as well. Got to get off the app. Got to get off the app. I've, I've seriously got to uninstall Instagram for the weekends. I, I, actually, this was a slip up. Because pr- I've been pretty good the last couple of months. Pretty good indeed. But yeah, a few rogue messages, a couple of rogue stories. Shut it down, Darcy. Shut it down. So that was that was a good good fun time. Now Sunday, um, my 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 roommate Maka, my cousin came over. A few lads came over. Big barbecue. Everyone's watching the UFC. I'm not really a fan of the UFC, but I'm not not a fan. I've just never got into it. I don't. I it's fighting. I don't know. It seems cool. I don't know. It seems cool. I watched a bit of, a tiny bit of it over the weekend. It seems pretty cool. Uh, one thing I will say is, um, we were hotspotting my phone to like illegally stream the fight, and uh, in one of the prelim fights, I, I pick up my phone. And I go, oh, I've just got to like, um, just got to send out a few messages, and I fucked up the hotspot, and it glitched the streaming, and basically it glitched these two guys standing, you know, they're in a fight, but they're just standing across from each other. Then when I go, oh shit, sorry, streaming came back on. The guy's face down in the dirt. The the commentators are losing their minds. They're like, oh my God, we've never seen anything like it. He's still not moving. And I was like, oh lads, I apologize. I am so sorry. Okay. Did not mean to do that. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? And uh, so the best knockout of the day. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, what I will say with UFC is I think it's pretty cool actually that uh, that style bender guy came out doing a choreographed dance. Now that's breaking down some some progressive boundaries. Okay, you guys, you know I'm sure the UFC is probably not known as the most progressive industry in the world, but this guy's doing some fucking 
some choreographed sort of Backstreet Boys style. Like he, he had backup dances. Okay. So that's, he's breaking down barriers, that bloke, you know. So I guess that's, that's the level, you know, you've got to be one of the coolest guys around who's also able to kill any man on the planet. And then you can get away with doing a choreographed dance with backup dancers and no one will really call you on it. Can you imagine if like freaking an NRL player walked out with like three backup dancers or a cricket player or literally anyone else on the planet? That guy, yeah, you'd be copying some hate, okay? But this guy does it and everyone everyone loved it. And it did look pretty cool. It did look pretty cool. What I can't wrap my head around is there's still boring UFC fighters. And I'm not talking about their techniques in the ring. I don't know anything about that. I will say I don't like it when they hug each other. Let's throw some haymakers, okay? Can we have a subdivision of the UFC that's just called haymakers fighting championship or something where it's just you can only throw haymakers and like backflip kicks and those kicks where they jump off the wall and backflip into a kick can we just have that please because i saw some grappling i'm sorry is that how you pronounce it grappling Ugh. yuck dear god stop hugging but when you see when you see them throw hands yeah I get it. I mean, I, I get it. I understand why this sport is so popular. Because you see a guy fucking hit another guy. And a part of you think, oh man, I could never do that. And then another part of you thinks, unless. And then you think, you start Googling fucking Taekwondo lessons in your area. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, so yeah, I get the blood sport element to it. It was just some proper exciting moments. I could, I, I could see myself getting around it. But also, if it doesn't have a ball, I don't know. Maybe if they chucked a soccer ball in there, no grappling. You can only take free kicks and throw haymakers. Is that something? Let's make it happen. Nevertheless, what was I talking about? UFC. Oh, yeah. So this, there's a very simple, it seems to me, from what I've observed from the UFC, there's a very simple formula for becoming a superstar, right? You win the fight, okay? That's first and foremost, you've got to win. Then you say the most aggressive things you could possibly think of immediately after. Just do the wildest, most aggressive things you can think of. Personally, the, the next guy you're going to fight, personally attack him, his family, throw a chair, spit on someone, lick a ring girl, whatever you got to do. But let's get, get fucking weird out there, okay? Sell some tickets to your next fight. All right, you got that post-fight interview. Now's not the time to be humble and reflect, okay? You can do that when you appear on Joe Rogan's podcast in three weeks' time. That post-fight interview, when you're still sweaty and hopped up, that's the time to do it, okay? You want to sell some tickets to your next fight? You want to make some money? You want to get some sponsors? Get some fame? Get some Instagram followers? Get some birds in your DMs? That's the time to do it, okay? I saw a guy, Australian guy as well, they asked him, like, oh, if... How'd, how'd you go in that fight or whatever? This is moment in front of a home Aussie crowd. This is moment to become a cold hero, you know? He could have just gone up to the mic and gone, do you know what, mate? Wasn't here to fuck spiders, wasn't I? Boom. You just went viral on Twitter. Instead, he goes, he said, I just want to shout out to my wife, Kathy. It's her 37th birthday today. I love you. Okay, well, I just forgot your name. I just forgot your name. 
you know and then the, and then the next the next answer was like even more boring and even more humble you know they were like how do you prepare for this fight he's like oh, i've always been a grinder you know i'm i work hard at training i like to train what's my secret well it's training hard dude okay and then this style bender guy the guy's doing the sort of some sort of a i don't know what it was a choreographed dance he fucked up the Aussie guy straight on the mic. He goes, Dustin Poirier, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to snap your head off your neck. Then he jumps on top of the fence and starts giving the um, the other challenger, the other guy's going to fight. He just starts giving him the finger and screaming, fuck you in his face. Dude, I looked down. I was like, what's this in my hand? Oh shit, it's my credit card. Just tell me where to tap to see more of this, okay? This is a showman. This is a guy who's going to sell tickets. This is an entertainer, okay? This is how it's done. You know, none of this respect to my... Do that no, Do that later on podcasts, on the long interviews. You got, you got one minute to sell some tickets to your next fight, to get on Twitter. You fucking... You straight up, you say, I'm going to fucking kill so-and-so. You threaten, if you've got time, one of his family members, preferably, preferably his children, you know? You say, I know what school your daughter goes to. Might pay her a visit. Fuck her up when I'm done with you. You know, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I'm saying if, if, if you want to sell some tickets to the UFC, then you, you've got to throw a chair, get in the crowd if you can, do that flying eagle thing, you know? And from there, and, and then keep it going. High fives, kiss a girl. Do some weird shit. Get outrageous out there, okay? That's, you, you got a two-minute window to sell some tickets after that fight. That style bender guy gets it. And, the, and, and also, don't be afraid to shoehorn in your threats regardless of the uh, question. Whatever you do, don't answer the questions they ask. This style bender guy was so good at this post-match interview. Like, the guy goes, uh, I think his name's Israel. He's like, he literally goes like, that was, that was such a big fight for you. Uh, what was your strategy coming into this one? This guy, style bender, grabs the mic and just goes, Dustin Poirier, I'm going to fucking kill you. Complete. He's answered his own question, and I love it. Okay, what a guy! I'm all about this Starbender guy, and I don't even know much. I don't know anything about fighting, but I know a little bit of something about pizzazz. Okay, so what? Yeah, get aggressive out there. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, apparently, Robert Robert Whitaker, the guy that he fought, is Australian. I've never heard of him before. Apparently, he's a UFC champion. He's Australian. I've never heard of him. Thought, thought that was weird. He seems cool. I don't know. UFC, dude. But yeah, that was my first UFC experience. Apart from just watching Conor McGregor compilations, my mates tagged me in. So, pretty cool. Didn't mind it. Didn't mind it at all. Didn't love it. But whatever. It's cool. No, I, I, no, I liked it. It was good. People are talking about choking each other. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, didn't hate it. Did not hate it, actually. Fuck yeah. Let me fix this camera. Alright. What a time to be alive. Alright, what else we got? Oh, fuck. I'm still on my weekend. Okay. Okay. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Here's a team. Here's a planned team. A little behind the scenes moment here. I'm not mad at this at all. So we got. I'm gonna take you through my Monday, which is pretty exciting. 
Can I give you an update on some of the TV I've been watching? Then I've got a couple of things that have been sent in by listeners, a couple of topics. Um, and we're going to talk about that Ellen thing, Ellen with George Bush. I don't have a hot take on it, so don't get your hopes up. But let me put some pizzazz on an average take. How about that, eh? Don't hate that at all. Oh, yeah, so Monday. Monday, wake up so hungover. Just, oof, you know? But, uh, so we got, we got all this food in the house, though. I go, beautiful, I'll cook up a big barbecue for the lads. I brought all this chicken that had been, um, marinated, I want to say. Seasoned? 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 <laughs> uh, bought all this chicken that had been seasoned, right? So, I go, lads, come around, uh, come around for, for a bit of recovery around the pool. I'll, I'll cook up all this chicken and I'll do my famous broccolini, which is broccolini with a secret ingredient I'll never tell. Uh, but the fact it's only got one ingredient tells you that, you know, pretty much anyone could fucking do this, but whatever. So I grill up a bit of broccolini, got this chicken on. I go, how good's this? Now the chicken's all nice and charcoaly on the outside. I serve it up. I go, how good's this? Everyone's hoeing into the chicken. Nom, 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 nom. Unfortunately, it became almost immediately clear I'd served up pretty much aggressively raw chicken. I'd served up a big tray of poison to the lads. Okay, it was still so pink in the middle. One 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 of the one of the my one of my pieces was basically still alive, you know? Like it's still it had like a soul. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It was it was still very much alive. Um so I basically served up I've I mean I advertised the day as a recovery day, but I've served up a big plate of salmonella, which you hate to see. But at the same time, it happens. It definitely happens. Um, and it was pretty embarrassing. So the chicken had to go on. To give you an idea of how much I missed the mark on this chicken, we had to cook it for probably another 15 to 20 on the barbecue. And the barbecue was pr- up pretty fucking high. So just be careful out there, I think. If I could just... That's a word of warning. Just I don't know heaps about cooking, but I learned a little bit on Monday. Let me tell you. Also, side note, the broccolini was fantastic. Thanking everyone involved. Uh, I tell you what, my house has been taken over though. I don't know how I feel about this, but apparently all my roommates are into Love Island. I swear last year, I don't remember anyone watching it. And we knew people on the show. Um, so all the lads were into Love Island. And I just sat I just sat outside. We had a fire going. I sat by the fire by myself. Just kind of eased into my, eased back into civilian life. For Tuesday, just a nice, uh, relaxing time around the fire. Sounds pretty good. But Love Island, I don't know. I caught 10 minutes on it. I don't want to just... Okay, I don't like it. I'll be candid. But I just don't want to... I don't want to just shit on Love Island. Feels like an easy target, you know? Because they're so... So fucking dumb, these people. But, um... Now, they are extremely good looking, though. Some of them. And uh, a few have snuck through the cracks. I think they know who they are, um, for sure. But... Love Island, I don't know. Look, I don't like it. I don't like how like my I don't like how much my roommates like it. Like they're really into it. But, you know, I get it. You know, they're pretty there's a few there's some genuine rigs on this show. I get the whole reality show thing. I used to be I used to be heaps into it. Yeah, okay. I don't want to just shit on Love Island for ten minutes. It just seems like kind of fish in a barrel type situation. Um so we'll move on from that. But uh so 
basically what what it means is that I don't think I'll be seeing a lot of the TV for the next few weeks because because it's on every night I think it's on like every fucking night of the week so I'm usually out doing gigs anyway but you know usually I get home maybe 9.30 but that's I think when Love Island is on so I don't know I don't know what's going to happen there but yeah so this is a we're in a Love Island house now don't know how that happened but it did um so let me just say this i will say on the tv front i had to bail out of mcleod's daughters around mid-season four unfortunately what happened was i don't want to retrace old ground but claire mcleod the main character right the main character it's it's her farm it's her farm okay she drives a ute off a cliff and it seemed to really come out of nowhere so I looked up what happened is she didn't, she didn't re-sign her contract with Channel 9, so they had to kill her off. That's why it was just so, like, such a sudden death. But um, I tried to stay with the show, but without Claire, you know, it just wasn't... She was the really the glue that held the cast together. Now Tess is running the farm. It's like Tess has been farming for, like, two, three years. She's a city girl. Now she's running all of Drover's Run. A little bit unbelievable, if you ask me. And also, okay, one thing I really didn't like is also the show got pretty sad. Like, not like this This is sad, the quality of it. Like, it was sad. Like, they, they almost lost custody of of the child. Um, I can't remember. A bloke, there was a bloke in a wheelchair with one episode. I can't remember what that was about, but you, I remember being like, fuck, that's pretty sad. That was a rodeo accident I think he was in. Uh, yeah, just... Just pretty sad, you know, and it was just getting, yeah, but the thing I didn't like is there was clearly bitterness between Channel 9 and the chick that played Claire McLeod because she died at the end of season season three. Season four, they just never mentioned her again, right? It was her farm. She was engaged to one of the guys, mother to one of the children, sister, friend, boss. She's the main character. And literally season four, I think one person in episode two goes, I miss Claire. And then otherwise, they just never address she even existed. They literally just go, anyway, like, they have her funeral. Her funeral episode was fucking brutal. Did I cry? I did. Back off. It's my podcast. Last time I'll say it. But then, it's literally like the next day, like, they literally put her in the ground and everyone just goes, right, well, back to it, I guess. We got to get those sheep uh, into the uh, back paddock. So, all right, everybody, uh, jump on a horse and uh, yeah, fuck. What was her name again? What was it? like? They just never mention it. Alex, her fiance, like just like literally two episodes later, he he's. I think one of his quotes was, "I've never been happier." He's having a beer. He goes, "Fuck yeah, how good's this?" It's like, mate, your your fiance died three weeks ago. Show some empathy. But they just don't even address it. And then Alex started... It was He was starting to have some romance with someone else. I was like, mate, Claire's fucking... Claire's just in the ground over there, you know? It all got a bit much for me. Couldn't, couldn't stay with it, you know? And then they started bringing in new characters. It got weird. Like, one... It just got weird. The writing really went downhill. Yeah, they just, they wrote Claire out so poorly, it was unbelievable. So anyway, I don't watch that anymore, because it just got too sad. Uh, but I'll tell you what I'm re-watching now. The greatest show of all time, Avatar, The Last Airbender. 
It's on Netflix now. Fuck, it's so good. It's unbelievable. It's just so good. I got my roommate Samos onto it. He's a 25-year-old bloke. Never seen it before. Loving it. When you get a kid's show that can... When, I, when we, me and my brother watched it as a kid, my dad like got into it. Okay, when you have a kid's show that can get an audience that big... Dude, it is literally one of the best TV shows of all time. It's so good. If you don't know, it's the one where they like do the fire bending and the water bending. Aang the Avatar, Destined to Save the World. Dude, I'm sorry, but you get it. You give me a show where two guys fight each other. One of them's throwing fireballs out of his hands. The other one's throwing hurricanes out of his hands. You've really go got to go out of your way to make that a shit show from there. Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck yeah, dude. That's so sick. That is so sick. So I'm absolutely loving it. Only on episode five as well. So like such a journey ahead. Such a journey ahead. I can't believe it. There's, You know what? There's some tough times ahead. There is some tough times. Obviously the Battle of the North Pole. Uh, the Battle of Barsin Say. Fuck. The winter, the winter solstice. The day of the black sun. Fuck. So many battles ahead. But geez, I'm looking forward to it. And you know what? The thing with, that's, with Avatar that's good is it's just good wholesome viewing. 20 minute episodes. You know, So you come back from work. Bam, straight into some good wholesome viewing, 20 minute episode, you know, maybe you watch two, maybe you just watch one, get on with your life, you're back into it, you know? Some of these shows, like these HBO shows, it's like an hour episode and afterwards you feel like drained, you're like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck was that? You know, you're like, Jesus, we got to avoid this drug cartel, can't sleep, I think, I think that the cartel's after me. So, that's what I'm watching now, and I'm really happy about it. I'm really happy about it. So now I think we had a couple of things sent in, possibly. Okay. Firstly, we had a send in from a finger bloke named Finn. I want to say, Instagram handles. I don't know. If if you want um if you want me to talk about something, just DM me on Instagram. I've been a bit slack with it, but I'm getting back into it now. So. Finn wanted me to talk about fidget spinners and, and that phase. And he said, I think he said everyone who did it were pelicans. Now, fidget spinners, were they dumb? Yeah. Yeah. They were so dumb. Um, it was definitely for people who thought a small piece of metal could solve mental illness. That's for sure. Yeah, dude, it's so weird. I had so much anxiety. I couldn't leave the house without having a panic attack until, look at this thing go. Fuck yeah, I'm back. But there was two types of people with the fidget spinners and not, you know, not some people you come up to you with a fidget spinner going, spin around going, dude, how fucking sick is this? I know it's dumb, but I love it. I don't mind those people. Okay. People that are getting excited about stuff. I like that. I like good, genuine excitement. The, the, you know, the guy who was like, just at the table, like spin it around, losing his mind, going, fuck, just having a time, you know, having an absolute time. Don't mind that at all. The real pelicans in this whole mix was the guy who you'd be talking to for 10 minutes and he'd like, he'd be holding the conversation and then just like looking down his hand, looking back at you, never address it. He never, would never address it. And then after like five minutes, you're like, what, uh, what are you doing down there, buddy? Go, and he'd be like, oh dude, just my fidget spinner, man. Calms me down. Anyway, what were you saying? And it's like, no, whoa, back that up. Let's back that up real quick because are you a 28 year old man playing with a toy at the pub? What? Are you a 28-year-old man playing with a metal children's toy at the pub? Dude, literally, if you can't smoke in pubs, you can't fidget spin. Now, this is all. these are all feelings that I'm projecting from 2013 or what... Uh, it would have been 2015, maybe? I think. 
I don't know. But it was the guy, it was the guy who would do the fidget spinning, but would try to act like, like cool and like sly about it, you know, like, oh, this, oh, it's just my fidget spinner, dude. And then, and then would try to move on, would try to move on as if, as if that's normal. Guys who are heaps into it and were just lo- losing their minds, don't mind it at all. Don't mind it at all. But the, yeah, the guys who are too cool for school. And these guys, uh, you know, they, these were the guys who were really heading up the vaping charge early as well. You know, I feel like vaping's getting more and more mainstream now. And it's actually, I've been carrying on about vaping for a bit. But the vaping's getting more mainstream. And the good thing is now we're getting some normal fucking people vaping, right? Which is which is honestly good for any trend because for a while there it was a pelican, it was a pelican only hobby, and I think uh, fidget spinners never really made the jump to mainstream. You know, pretty much if you ever had a fidget spinner for more than in your hand for more than seven minutes, yeah, dude. So I to tell you, you're a pelican. So that's why I think about that. That's why I think about the fidget spinners. And I had someone send me an article actually. I don't, I can't remember the name of this person, but um. This is great, dude. This is this is something that I feel not that passionately about. This guy sent in this. So this guy wrote, wrote an article. This was sent to me, and it was on. Uh, it's all about how the the song "Horses" by Daryl Brathwaite, right? We all know it. We all love it. It's a great song. Great chorus. Unites pubs. Unites stadiums. Brings people together. You know, I wouldn't have thought there's too much to complain about there, but apparently, somebody has. But uh, let me. I uh, saved it. Hang on. Sorry. I'm so sorry. God. Here we go. Oh, yeah, dude, this shit. So, so firstly, this, guy name, this guy's name is David Mills. So, read into that how you will. Pretty fucking normal name. I was hoping it would be something weirder, to be honest. Hoping it would be like Xavier Covington. <laughs> that would have been good, but David Mills. All right, David, 1-0. 1-0, buddy. So, anyway, the title of this article... I love this. People um, like people just complain about literally everything. The Horses, title of the song, is overrated and needs to die by David Mills. Okay, dude. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole article because it's not it's it's not really an interesting read, you know? But uh an ordinary people have an inordinate amount of pride in loving despite the fact that it's it insipid soporific, don't even know what that word is, piece of tripe. And, uh, well, he's used the word tripe, so there's a little window into his world, but, uh, the success of horses has always been completely befuddling. Released in 1991, it climbed the charts and is now six times platinum. It's known as a classic everywhere. Uh, you can bet a stadium full of people will be singing along to the chorus when Braithwaite plays the NRL grand final on Sunday. Well, a whole sta- stadium full of people united, singing along, enjo- enjoying a moment instead of trying to glass each other and bash each other's heads in for wearing different coloured jerseys. I would have thought that's a positive, David. This guy literally just wants to complain about fucking anything. I think the audience will be singing along with a touch of irony. My pet theory is that people don't actually love horses. They just love how they feel when they're singing it as if they too are in on the joke. Braithwaite may have a fine, distinctively dry singing voice, but there's nothing particularly interesting about the song lyrically or musically. It's easy listening, middle of the road radio fodder. Uh, okay, I'm just going to leave it there because, okay, firstly. The, oh, God. 
I just want to... Uh, okay. So here's a problem with this and a problem with a lot of journalism. Is that how you pronounce... I know what journalism is, but I'm just... I'm wondering how you pronounce what whatever this fucking article is. It's not journalism, that's for sure. He goes... They don't actually have horses. They just love how they feel when they're singing it. Oh my god. So we got we got a, a mass of people who enjoy feeling good. Holy shit, stop the presses. Stop the fucking presses. They don't actually love the song. It just makes them feel good. These fucking idiots, you know? These people don't like music. They just like joy. Oh, Jesus Christ, can't you just let someone smile for 10 seconds without jumping on Twitter, for Christ's sake? Can people just enjoy something without Twitter getting involved? He may have a fine, distinctly dry singing voice, but there's nothing interesting about the song, lyrically or musically. And you know what, that's a great point, because whenever I'm enjoying something, especially music, my first thought is to analyse it, every fucking detail, and work out why. Why am I enjoying this? I like to firstly take myself out of that moment, okay? I go, hang on a minute. I feel warm and fuzzy inside. Let me, like, somebody get me a calculator. I've, I've got to work this mystery out, you know? This guy is talking about horses like an alien who just landed on the planet and he's trying to work out what music is, okay? This freaking, this guy can definitely, definitely not, he, know, he knows every prime number up to like 4,000, okay? This, dude, why do we have to analyze joy, lyrically or musically? Okay, hey dude, Gangnam Style was a thing, okay? In a world where Gangnam Style got a billion views, this guy's taken down horses? How about you grow up, okay? Jesus Christ, call me maybe, none of these, tickled your fancy brother? Jesus Christ, we got this great anthem, the whole country loves it, everyone's singing it together, you know? And this guy's got to ruin all the fun. He's analysing it musically and lyrically. Jesus Christ. I think this guy would have... For this article, let's this guy would have printed out the lyrics to horses and, like, analysed them and highlights highlighted parts of interest. This guy is an alien studying us from above. You know, he must think it's, like, some sort of a secret code and, and smiling is some sort of a symptom of, of us about to launch an alien attack or something. Dude, how don't you chill out and enjoy the music, okay? This screams of a guy, like, he's on a date at a pub and the and horses plays, whole pub gets involved. He, he His girl goes into the masses singing the lyrics. He doesn't know any of it, so he's forced to sit there sipping his vodka raspberry, watching some tradie bloke steal his woman. And that is what has fueled this article, I think. Hey, dude, maybe next time you see someone smiling, having a good time... You don't have to fucking get out a notepad and pen and work out why you should fuck that up for them. David Mills. More from David Mills. What do we got here? Sorry, Steve. We don't forgive that easily. Let me click on this shit. What the fuck is this? Oh, you got to become a subscriber. To be honest, thank fuck. Fuck that absolute garbage journalism. Fuck that guy. The Horses is a great song. And do you know what? Is it Mozart? Nah. Is it a lyrical masterpiece? Well, everyone loves the lyrics. So what's that about, okay? This guy would be the sort of guy who'd go to a fucking... Uh, 
he'd go to like some weird clown comedy show where like the whole thing's in braille and it's about getting like molested as you, when you're a kid and give it like five stars even though everybody else in the room fucking hated it he's that guy all right that got a bit ranty that's okay that's okay I didn't realize how fired up that horses thing was going to get me. David Mills. The horses needs to die. Dear God, dude. Have a wank. Do you know what I mean? For Christ's sake. Do something. Surely that guy's dropping dead at like 37 from a disease no one can identify. Imagine carrying that much stress and tension in your body about something that is so harmless and so many people enjoy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, that's got me too riled up to continue. But also, I think that'll, that'll do that. That's a gentleman's 48 minutes or whatever. Thanks for listening. Tell your fucking friends. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Because these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh, I.